0: Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing our summer series, looking at the stories of Jesus, reading through the parables, and we've got a good one for you on this episode. First, I'm joined by special guest and friend, Paulina De La Fuente, our communications director. Paulina, thanks for being here. It's
1: good to be here, especially with the other special guests.
0: Yes, we're joined by worship pastor, the one and only Joel Hernandez. Joel, welcome back to the Conversations Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, you had a great message talking about forgiveness and the parable of the unforgiving servant one of my favorite parts about this series is that each of the speakers has gotten a chance to pick whichever Mm. message they Mm. want to give whatever parable they want to give and so what led you joel to pick this one and what do you feel like god taught you as you prepared for the message on sunday
2: yeah for sure. I have loved the series that we've been in this summer, being able to to teach on and touch on what Jesus was really thought was significant, um, to be sharing with the crowds with his disciples and teaching them constantly for me, uh, forgiveness or should I say unforgiveness has been such a big part of my story. Um, I through my life dealt with a lot of unforgiveness that I just held on to. And so I was able to get to college and work through a lot of that stuff, but I saw how unforgiveness really crippled me and held me back. And so God forgave each one of us. And so we're able to forgive out of the forgiveness that he showed us. And so God just has always kind of been teaching me a little bit about mm-hmm. that. And so I thought that'd be a perfect thing to share with,
0: with the church family. You mentioned this word crippled, but I love the kind of zero in on that because something you said on Sunday, a quote that you shared was just this idea of uh, unforgiveness is like drinking or eating poison and expecting it to cause harm to someone else. I thought that was a really good quote in the way that you put that. So I'd love to ask both of y'all just practically what is so significant about unforgiveness and have you seen examples of either being crippled or just the consequences of unforgiveness either in your life or in those around you?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought listening to you give the message and just knowing... certain those parts of your story that there's really so many similarities that I have in my story of having a family member that I really needed to forgive that I had no idea that I needed that I was harboring that unforgiveness in my life until college and in crosstalk that Mm -hmm. it was through going to encounter weekends and being discipled that I really was challenged to do that and to be to choose to forgive that person and I really didn't know until choosing to forgive Forgive, how much it really was crippling me. And I thought, honestly, that I it was something that I was holding against the other person and that it was something that I was doing to them to keep them from being free because of hurting me and not mm-hmm. really the reality of it limiting me and me living a limited life, even a limited relationship with God because of that unforgiveness and not being able to receive more from god because i was harboring that unforgiveness i was the one that was really limited and crippled
2: yeah for sure i think with the unforgiveness that we hold the reason why i said it it cripples us is because when we hold on to that it we're really only hurting ourselves Mm -hmm. and we think that oh it's gonna really impact the other person Um, but we have to look at it through the lens of man god forgave us of so much Mm -hmm. and so how can i hold on to that for someone else. And I think when we, the reason why it's crippling is because it's so like me focused Mm. and it's just saying like, well, they wronged me and it's all about me versus man, I've been forgiven of so much. And so then I can give that forgiveness to other people as well
0: one of the things you said on Sunday Joel that I thought was really good was even just the definition of forgiveness mm-hmm. because I was convicted and almost it was almost funny just how spot-on you were when you talked about forgiveness and the idea of oh I, I forgive them but I never want to see him again or I want I'll forgive them but I don't want you to bring them up to me or I, right. don't, yeah, I saw yeah. them I really want to tell them how I feel you know all these so I just thought that alone what what other practical ways can you tell that you're maybe being crippled or just affected by unforgiveness are there Maybe some warning signs or red flags, just that you've noticed in people that it's like eh, you might you might want to zero in on that more than you think. For
2: sure, I think kind of like I mentioned, but when I start defining forgiveness for myself and not for what Jesus calls forgiveness to be, that's when I notice like okay, there's something going on in my heart where I really need to double click on that or really. Uh, think through exactly why I'm so impacted um, with whatever topic it would be right mm. um, because a lot of times um,
1: I th- yeah, I think if we add if we think about that person, like you're saying like if we can't if we double click on them on that person or that, whatever happened mm-hmm. and it brings up some kind of like emotional response that's overly emotional. yeah, then, what's deserved in that situation, that's usually a good cue that there's some unforgiveness there because if it's really forgiven and dealt with, then like that's not coming up over and over again because I'm not holding on to it, you know, but if I'm keeping a list, then like I'm often going, that I'm like not willing to let go of, then I'm going back to it again and again. And that's usually a good cue for me is if I'm not, if there's something small that I'm then having this big trigger response to yeah. then there could be other things going on too but either way i need to deal with it whether it's through forgiveness or you know just looking at different things closer then that's just that's a practical way that mm-hmm. clearly i'm not having a rational equal response For sure. to whatever is going on there
0: yeah, yeah. I think even just, uh, that's a great segue, Joel, into what you shared about what forgiveness is. You mentioned here in this slide, uh, the act of pardoning an offender or to let go of, and then what forgiveness is not, because even that can be yeah. uh, confusing. So, as far as forgiveness is not excusing or forgetting or even just the feeling and following the feeling uh, with that. And then you followed that up by sharing, we can forgive because we have been forgiven. Maybe yeah. think of the verse, we love because he first loved us, right. and just that idea that we can forgive because we have been forgiving. And then you tagged on that. I'm just kind (laughs) of re-telling your sermon here for a second. But the next point, that was an unforgiving heart reveals an unforgiven heart. So, really, what is this concept? We look at this in the parable in Matthew 18, where you have the servant that is forgiven and yet does not forgive someone who owes them a debt. Uh, And so, just this idea of an unforgiving heart reveals an unforgiven heart. What is so significant? And just even practically, what does it look like to receive God's forgiveness for us?
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's first understanding that we have, kind of like I shared, we racked up this debt. We've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. We all have to pay the price of sin. And luckily, Jesus you know, lives the perfect life that we couldn't live, dies the death that we deserved, and pardons us. And that's that pardoning that I talk about, that that's the act of forgiving. He doesn't see our sin anymore, or He sees our sin, but He doesn't hold it against us because that's His goodness, right? And so when, when I say an unforgiving heart reveals an unforgiven heart, means if we truly, truly have received God's forgiveness, how can we look at someone else and say, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't, I can't forgive them mm. when we've been forgiven of so much, mm. you know?
1: Yeah, I think one of the most encouraging things in my faith has been that we can just let the Holy Spirit convict us and he will, you know, that's his one of his jobs is to convict us of our sin and so we can on the one hand we could be on the side that we don't want to look at our sin and so we just don't want to listen to him when he convicts us and that can make us not mm-hmm. receive God's forgiveness, but on the other side we can can also be so overly judgmental like Sean talked about the week before yeah. and just always pronounce shame and judgment over ourselves and that's not the holy spirit's voice either and so just trying to let the holy spirit do the holy spirit's job which is to convict and trusting him to do that i think that helps so much because then i don't need to be the holy spirit in my life i just right. need to let the holy spirit do the holy spirit's job to convict, you know, then that helps me so much because i don't need to be my own convictor, but i need to do like if i'm going to i'm if i'm going to be forgiven, i need to know what i need to be forgiven of which means intentional time to ask god to show me the like the psalm you know like Mm -hmm. search me oh god know my heart yeah show me what's going on you know that i can that i need to be convicted of and then let me be quick to ask for forgiveness and be let that be daily and not a once a year, like, oh yeah, forgive me for right. sins, no, you know, totally. but let that be like a healthy rhythm that I'm in that I can ask for forgiveness so that I can also forgive people daily that fail me daily too, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Make that a
1: little more daily and practical.
0: Yeah. Pauline, I love what you shared about just even being aware and conscious of the guilt and shame and knowing that that doesn't come from mm-hmm. God, because I think that can be a really Um, just, yeah, a real thing that people face in this issue of unforgiveness. I also think I was talking to our prayer pastor, Rhonda, about this yesterday, actually, and she just brought up even just a lot of this is deep wounds, that it's a process, like Mm. forgiveness is a process, and so uh, it's not as simple as just a one and done, and so there can be a lot of guilt and shame that can sneak in there, that the enemy, because the sad thing is the enemy's not done, so whatever had happened to you, he's still Mm. trying to either have you relive that over and over and just get stuck in the cycle, mm-hmm. uh, or he can just be trying to, to bring you under with a lot of guilt and shame mm-hmm. associated to the unforgiveness or the mm-hmm. response to that. So it really is a double whammy that mm-hmm. can, be, can be really hard. Uh, Joel, one of the things you kind of listed out four kind of steps. I'd love to kind of break that down real quick as far as uh, acknowledging the offense, remember God's forgiveness, release the hurt, and pray for the person who hurt you. So, this first part about acknowledging the offense, you brought up Psalm 56, uh, 56, 8, that I thought was a neat way you tied that in. Yeah. Maybe just share a little bit more about practically what this looks like, because I think this is a healthy... Uh, starting place for a lot of people that think, oh, I'm supposed to either just completely forget or just kind of try to normalize what right. happened to me. But what's so significant about starting with acknowledging the effects?
2: Yeah, I think it's it stood out to me because I grew up where feelings and emotions, it was like, oh, just kind of stuff it down deep. You don't have to address it. You don't have to just move on. It's better for you. It's better for the other person. Mm. And that's just not true. Like, again, you, you brought up Psalm 56, 8, where David is talking and praying with the Lord and kind of lamenting what's going on in his life. And so mm. it's so important that we just, whatever was done to us, that we just are able to talk about it with God, with other people that God has put in our lives, mm. because we're meant to not do this life alone, but with community um, and so it's it's so important that we acknowledge what's going on with each one of us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How cool that the God of the universe who sees everything takes that time to stop and actually knows our every tear, you know, yeah. nothing is if he's going to stop and acknowledge it, you know, then why do we speed past it and right. even feel the, like you said, so much of how we were raised goes mm-hmm. into that, you know, that we can automatically hear the response Add. The response that we've gotten from others, whether it be parents or other adults or voices, you know, and apply it to God as if God's the one that's like, get up, get over it, you know, let's move on and apply, even misapply this principle of forgiveness instead of what the Bible teaches us that God knows every tear and how amazingly unbelievable that is and how that shows us God's
0: heart. And how we have examples like David in the Bible, because I feel like God could have totally just written that or left that out or kind of just focused mm-hmm. on everything. But David can be very real towards God totally, and very yeah. real towards the offenses that were done to him and and just the way in which he was at one point running for his life and he's just crying out to God and he's like, you know, asking, where are you? So, there really is a, 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 real, a realness to that that I think is is neat these next two remember god's forgiveness and then releasing the hurt they may sound like simple you know next steps, but I'd love to kind of hear y'all's thoughts. One of the things that both of y'all mentioned in part of your stories is the role that encounter and even just community, whether it's through discipleship or just through friendships and relationships, the value that those played. So what, what is the significance and the role that community and encounters and prayers and all of that, how do they play a role in just these next two steps about remembering God's forgiveness and then releasing the hurt?
1: Yeah, I think something Encounter taught me early on was that when you're alone in your sin, it's easy to hear that only the enemy and... In about your sin and when you share with someone and you watch that the truth of the bible that says that all sin is common to man you know and so to watch when someone your prayer partner across from you is not surprised by your sin mm-hmm. you know and to hear that it's not like what you know but they just know because they have the sinful nature the same sinful nature in them even if it doesn't look the same way you know and so to see that and then to joel you shared for John 1 9 that says if we confess our sins like Taylor just read but I love that if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins we forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness I just love that it says that if we confess our sins he is faithful and so Mm -hmm. the promise is that because he is faithful not because we are you know and so just realizing that at so many encounter weekends and in community groups and relationships with people that we we do the confessing, but then we only get forgiven because God is faithful. So it's not that I need to do something else. It's just that God is faithful to do it. And when you get to bring someone else into that you realize that they have the same they have stuff that they need to be forgiven for too and it kind of it breaks through that darkness that the enemy wants to hold us in that's the isolation and the you know only you struggle only this sin and issues are only things that you're held by Mm -hmm. and that god's forgiveness can't touch it and that the light can't get through to it.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think hearing other people's testimony, specifically at Encounter, Mm -hmm. is what really impacted me, is saying like, man, someone else has gone through something significant or held on to something Mm -hmm. that I feel like is significant, and being able to see how God worked and was faithful in their life, and to Mm -hmm. see like, man, that really encourages me to like give all my stuff to jesus because number one he can handle it i think that's sometimes the biggest lie that we believe is like well i just i have too big of things i don't know that other people want to hear this or that even god can handle it but the truth is man our god can handle anything that we lay at his feet um so we we've talked about this right but remembering god's forgiveness really is the the key to being able to release that's why those two points Mm kind of go one Mm -hmm. after the other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm um that's how we are released knowing like man god's got this taken care of mm.
0: yeah and then this last one here is a doozy. It's the pray for the person who hurts you. Uh, and just even you quoted here, Matthew 5, 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Uh, that is so hard. I feel mm-hmm. like you could get t- through the first three and then be like, okay, I- I'm done with them. I'm done. <laughs> you know, like almost in that same boat, like you said earlier, Joel, of like, okay, I just don't want to think about him anymore and just do right. bring him up. But this is... This is a very active next step here as far as continually and just praying for the person who hurt you. How how have y'all done that? How have you seen God use that and just work in that? And maybe what is some encouragement for someone that they may have gotten the first three down, but they just don't want to take the next step as far as for praying? Yeah, I think
2: we 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 can do those first three steps more easily because it's not like that practical step of like, now I have to actually, you know, keep going to God with it. And you talked earlier, Taylor, about this idea of like, it's a continual process. Forgiveness is, and I think this last step is the most important with that, because if we aren't continuing to go to God with it, then it's easier that day to not choose to forgive. You know what? Forget about Mm -hmm. the situation that happened. I'm over it again. Mm -hmm. But when you're going to God and God's continually reminding you of man, that person is worthy of forgiving, or whatever the case may be, um, God, when you're going to Him in prayer, He's just continually speaking and speaking and speaking truth mm-hmm. over us. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yeah.
1: yeah. I uh, heard a quote that was um, that to pray for someone whose success means your failure. Mm-hmm. And I think it was not about forgiveness and p- about people that have hurt you. So I definitely it was more about like someone who— them getting first place means you got second and it was more about like jealousy and comparison and those kinds of things. So it definitely, I don't want to apply it like copy paste to this, but I do think it hits to a, a heart principle that as soon as you start praying for someone who that is a challenge to pray for, it really does as hard as it is for me to start as soon as I do, it really is, does feel like an iceberg where you hear a crack in it, you know, like there's still the iceberg and depending on the hurt and the nature of that relationship, it won't be all Done. You know, like I think if it's something small, it may be that that one prayer really lifts that offense and that going through this really practical process that you gave us that it's not a big deal. It could be a coworker where it was like this one thing and it's like, okay, that did it. Now I can release that and move Mm -hmm. on. But when we talk about some really deep things to what you were saying, Taylor, about your conversation with Rhonda, it can be that this could be a really long and even a lifelong process, and that iceberg may be huge and not all go away on this side of heaven even, yeah. you know? but there really is, I can hear that crack, you know, that when we pray that it softens the ice there and that God really is faithful on his end to not only hear our prayers and answer our prayers, but to in the process, soften our hearts and to transform us that how crazy that he not only hears what we're praying for, for that person who's hurt us, but that he uses it to change us Mm -hmm. as he does, you know, both. And he transforms that person as we pray for them and that he transforms us as we pray. How cool that he's a God who does both, you know, and that we get to be transformed and that this could be an offense that takes a lot of, outside help and prayer and community, you know, or it could be things that are, is a daily thing, but either way, God's going to use it, you know, and that He can, that He'll be faithful in it.
0: Such a good conversation, y'all. I think about, for those that are listening that maybe realize that they do need uh, some space or even just some a uh, support, network to come alongside. I definitely want to plug community groups because yeah. I know my life has been changed by that as far as being discipled and ministered by a community group leader. And then also our prayer ministry team. I mentioned talking to Rhonda yesterday, but that's one of the things that they're available for. And so if you you want to email prayer at cyberscreetchurch.com, Rhonda will reach out to you and schedule a time for you to come in and just have some dedicated one-on-one time of prayer will be really helpful. So thank you all again for the conversation. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.